Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we're getting back to the Scream TV show, everyone's favorite. We're talking about the eighth episode of season two, Village of the Damned. Congratulations, Lakewood. Happy 100 years of lying to yourself. I'm joined by our Scream TV show correspondent, Jacob Golnus. Jacob, how you doing? Somehow, Palpatine has returned. <laughs> Why are you talking about something that's worse than the Scream TV show? Well, by Palpatine, I mean the the essence of watching of watching the Scream TV yes. show. So no, I'm 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 good. I uh, it has been a while for for me at least. I know the episode that I had recorded last dropped recently. By the time that we're recording this now, yeah, there's only two between, but it feels longer. There was a week or two I took off. To yeah, be fair. I think there was like Easter weekend in there. But I've also been raising a puppy at this point, so these last two weeks have felt like months. Mm. Um, and so coming back to this, I'm just like, oh yeah, I have to like, I you know, get right back into it, get back into the groove of it. Think about this dumbass show. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, what what I'll say is I think that we are still riding a lot of just kind of averageness right now sure. and it may have been because we we already peaked we already hit the bottom hopefully until season three that is i'm i'm only in this headspace yes. of season two like season two i hopefully i'm we've hit the only bottom. here um everything else that happens outside of it is it's it's its own bubble truth but we've already kind of hit as the, like the low point from what i can tell and since that point it has been about as average as any scream episode has been so far sure i was surprised to see in the credits that it was directed by gil kennan who you know i know very well from having directed monster house and wrote and directed monster mm-hmm. house he also did the poltergeist remake which i didn't see because that kind of came and went and i didn't even have a, a i didn't even have a breath to see that movie that movie is perfectly average and like totally fine, but why would you watch it when the original exists? Exactly, I've seen the original so many times, yep. um, and I, and I had I had intended on seeing it despite the re- the reaction to it when it when it came out. I just it literally it it just it was out, and then it was just not out. So I was like, I I, I missed the window, and then you know once it's been you know however many years since it came out, it's at what at what point do I even go back? Why go out of your way to watch? Unless that movie? unless. We were covering Poltergeist on this podcast, yep. which is still a possibility because no one has taken that. Correct. One of the connection he wrote Ghostbusters Afterlife. He, he did. Uh, I was going to mention that too. Yeah, he's done writing credits. He's done few directing credits. City of Ember. Um, City of Ember. Family movies. He operates more in the family zone. The Poltergeist remake only connected in that sense because it's based on a movie that was kind of a more. F- slightly more family oriented it's a steven spielberg produced horror film yeah. from the 80s so there's a little bit more of a family you know kids saw it in theaters at that I point mean, and, and then it's also about a family a family movie above everything else yeah and then he also did a, a netflix movie called a boy called christmas with seen. maggie smith and it's you know i've seen five minutes of it because it was playing and you got at, like gist. a family christmas i got the gist um and it, it seemed fine but like he's he's a he's a family filmmaker 
but like an edgy family filmmaker where he will work in that either franchise space or like the spooky space, mm-hmm. but like in some way it still is maybe marketed towards younger audiences. Sure. And so I was like, okay, well, he's here. What what do we do? Like I kind of was aware that this was going to be the pageant episode and that there was going to be a carnival and they're all talking about the carnival. I'm like, okay, well, then there's got to be some kind of set piece, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And I think that for the most part, it felt pretty average on a directorial basis. Like you honestly could say that anybody would have directed this episode. Yep. Except for, you know, there is the the, the scene of going into the fun house. Yep. And you're like, okay, well, this is where it's going to be. And it it's kind of not. It's It really is just, you know, a use of a setting. Yep. And the direction doesn't really stand out whatsoever. He doesn't like get... There, he's not using his talent at all in this episode, except for like one shot, which is pointed at the ground with a bunch of shattered glass, and you see the Brandon's James mm. mask in a reflection, like multiple on multiple fragments of glass, and that's about it. Like, there's also maybe like a scene where where he shoots Emma and Eli in the from the back of the car. They're having a car conversation, and instead of using um, perspective of being in the passenger seat to the driver's seat when you film an actor, he's filming it from the back seat. And that's the only other thing that I was like, that would have been done differently with like a really just like a standard director. director. But yeah, I was like, well, it kind of sucks that you got probably one of your most prolific, if not your most prolific director so far Mm -hmm. in this season to do an episode that is not, the standout episode of the seasons so yeah. far, which is just like, okay, well, that's nice. Moving on. Wait, are you saying Leprechaun 2 director Robin Flender is not the, the stud director of the season so far? Oh, no, that's the director of Idle Hands, right? And you're getting that all no. mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is called Village of the Damned, aired on July 19th, 2016. Which I... And then we also figured out why that title might have some connection yep. to, to this episode because, you know, with a lot of these titles, they've felt... Some of them have fit, obviously, but, some like, of some haven't. of them have not. And especially, like, last last um, episode didn't have the, the title correlate at all with the episode plot. This one, with the, the town reckoning with its own shittiness, yep. they, in a sense, are the village of the damned. Brooke calls them all out yeah. in the episode. So, yep, cool. Works. works. It, it works, and I'll let it pass. I don't know enough about the movie Village of the Damned. It's from 1960. I've not seen it. And I'm actually fairly certain that there is another Village of the Damned. Let's see. That's the, not the 1976 as uh, well. There is a sequel called Children of the Damned from 1964. There are more Damned. And there is a remake from 1995. There we go. I've not seen any of them, so I have no idea how well it connects besides the title. I have... I have only heard the title i don't know anything you know anybody that is listening right now that is a fan like you know all, all your village comment, of the damn throw a comment uh, tell us your opinion go watch i have no idea i'm this very episode fresh to and it. only this episode of the screen tv show don't watch any other episode mm-hmm. and then tell us how well it connects to the movie village of the damned but yeah kind of nothing special good or bad it was just kind of an average scream episode i'd say yeah it kind of builds to something that should be a more than average. This is an episode that could have been something a little bit bigger or better, and it it kind of chooses to not be. Yeah, and you know tries to leave it hanging on a note. We were like, oh my god, like it's finally happening. 
but like you know by the next end of the next episode it's gonna be fine we still have almost half a season left i guarantee the 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 plot thread that is left hanging at the end of this episode is resolved in the first five minutes of the next episode pretty pretty quick at least by the halfway point of the episode because honestly i don't remember (laughs) exactly yeah no i i i'm just not i'm not convinced enough and then also there is a unmasking of sorts Mm -hmm. that drove me nuts I cannot wait to get to Killer Watch. Ugh, I, I, I cannot wait. Lord. But the point of this podcast is we're trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies and horror TV shows. You can check out the current list of rules on our Twitter account at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. 63 rules on there. We'll see if we'll get rule number 64 today. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, but spoiler alert for Scream, season two, episode eight, Village of the Damned. I hope you're not watching the Scream TV show, but if you are, might as well keep going. Jacob, are you ready? They go to the village of the damned. Um, as ready as I'll ever be. You know, they they mention in it that Lakewood is cursed. I think we're the cursed ones. You and me. I guess we have to watch it. This isn't a curse. This is a choice. This is one hundred percent a choice. Is it? Because I'm like on a hundred. That's not my choice. It's your choice. Yeah, yeah. it's my You're cursed. I feel yeah. Uh, you know, I'm episode one fifty three of the podcast, and I, it's not like I can just stop, right? <laughs> pull <laughs> <laughs> all right you ready mm-hmm. the episode begins lakewood the centennial carnival is happening tonight we get a whole bunch of establishing shots of the carnival being set up in the middle of the warner brothers studio lot yep. back lot in the middle of the town square setting yep very uh, fam- we're all we're all very familiar you've with that. seen this in eight billion and a half movies exactly yeah I've, I've seen it in enough movies and even recently i was mentioning that there's a there's an episode of succession where kieran culkin's on a studio cart or a studio go uh, golf cart and he's being driven around and i'm like that's the new york setting that's the that's warner brothers lot the waystar royco building is the the outside entrance is the warner brothers outside entrance and i was just like ah, i've been there like i know what that looks like and i'm like i hate that i know this <laughs> Uh, so for those of you I'm cursed, <laughs> we're cursed. For those of you who don't know, I used to work for Warner Brothers as a security officer. So I've spent a crap ton of time on that back lot, been in all those buildings. So I was like, ah, I know that one. I know that one. I've been in that one. So it's always kind of fun for me to see it in the movie. And I didn't know they filmed any of it, uh, Scream there, but they did. Yeah, but they, you know, they, that's the thing about like studio lots, like Warner Brothers or Fox or anything like that. It doesn't matter if it's a Warner Brothers yeah. production or not. Like other studios will rent those spaces out. Yep. Because it's, you know, if they all have an agreement or if there's a certain cost, like everyone just, the, everything's recycled. Everything is back and forth and... Ant-Man and the Wasp was being part, every, secretly filmed at Warner Brothers when I was there. That is not a Warner Brothers movie. Every exterior shot of It's Always and Sunny, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is the Warner Brothers lot. <laughs> um, like the uh, the Spider-Man upside down kiss mm-hmm. is the Warner Brothers lot. It's all there. Yeah. Audrey wakes up and she finds a message written in blood on her ceiling. How does he how is the killer so quiet that he can just do this? No, I'm not blaming the the quietness of the killer. Audrey must like fucking take pills before she goes to bed because this girl just like is the heaviest sleeper in the world. It's crazy. So the message is 12 dead is written on her ceiling. And then there's another one written on her mirror. No one will ever forgive you. Jesus Christ. This killer needs to chill. And Audrey needs to fucking lock her goddamn windows. Yeah, this has happened already. Rule number 25, lock your doors. That includes windows. If this has happened before, how could she even sleep at night? Yeah, 
I would probably be moving in my basement at that point or like the living room or like the closet. Yeah, no, it's just how many times do, uh, if you did it the one time in the season. Fool me once. Fool me once. Yeah. Like, fine, I'll let it pass. The second time it happens, like, come on. Bro, Audrey, Rule 21, learn from past events. And this isn't like a real past event. This just happened. Mm-hmm. Learn. So Audrey tells Noah about this and Noah's like, hey, you need to just confess to Emma and then the kid could stop messing with you. Yes, please. Get on with that. We get a, a great moment at the school where the mayor has uh, an announcement over the PA system about why he's not canceling the festival, even though there's a killer on the loose. Don't be the mayor from Jaws. Don't be the mayor from Jaws. Yep. We learned that from Ghostbusters uh, 2016. Just just cancel it. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Someone will die at this carnival. That's what's going to happen. Not to like give a 2020 flashback here, but it's very much, we're not going to let a pandemic ruin a social gathering yeah it's that energy <laughs> it's that energy no let it ruin the social gathering it's fine we'll, we'll all live without a freaking carnival for one year for one year for one year make it 101 leave it at that don't like who cares or have a celebration for catching the killer the How only reason that? that it matters is that it's a hundredth yeah that's the, it's only the hundredth it's the hundredth year. the hundredth hooray so, Mrs. Lang, the psych teacher, was injured in the last episode. All of her stuff was ransacked. Her office was ransacked, so the police bring all of her stuff in as evidence. The sheriff is looking through it, and he finds notes and tapes that Miss Lang was keeping of all her students, which is real sketchy. One of them is of Stavo. Stavo has a tape, so he that's the sheriff's kid. He's going to go ahead and swipe that piece of evidence and, and make sure that one isn't entered in. I would maybe have taken both of them. Was there two? I'm pretty sure that there was more than one. Okay, maybe there was. I, I didn't see. He, a lot of tapes. he takes he takes one he specific takes one. one, and because it has his son's name on it, which like that is the one that he's going to listen to. Yep, he's going to listen um, to it. But like I don't know, just in case, you never know, just in case. And if that's a matter of privacy, I mean, he not to like give a cop some leeway, but like. I mean, that's their job. It is kind of their job. Yeah, they. I mean, that's evidence. He has to investigate. They, they gotta. And also, if a teacher's being weird and creepy, I'm kind of fine with it. Like, why is the teacher recording students like this? Yeah, go, you go ahead and I'd investigate I also wonder this. why the, the teacher is involved in yep. a relationship with a... Uh, Pedophile. <laughs> yeah. So, no, you go right ahead, Sheriff. Arson uh, comes in. There's an investigation uh, into the house that burned down in that last episode. So, sh- yeah, Eli and, and uh, Emma got out just fine. Yep, they made it just fine. No uh, coughing, no... No smoke inhalation. Smoke, no, They're nothing. fine. Brooke does mention that the mayor owns that development. So, okay. Because remember, the mayor and Jake had some sort of deal with Jake going to that development. So, it's like, okay, so the mayor owns it. There's something that this plot thread won't go away. It somehow won't go away. Somehow this plot line has returned. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, are, they find two bodies in the house. Emma is going to end up coming clean to the sheriff. Like, she's going to drive out to the crime scene with Eli for some reason to come clean and explain exactly what happened. She's going to finally stop lying to the sheriff. Okay, good, Emma. Finally. I think we've been through this before, but great. We're, you know, the best time to make a good move is right now. Emma really needs to come clean because clearly keeping secrets has not helped her at all. No. So she's going to tell the sheriff everything. The sheriff is going to be like, hey, you know your friend Eli has, like, a restraining order against him? He snuck into a girl's room when he was living in Atlanta. So maybe don't hang out with him. And, you know, you just met him. Maybe don't go to strange places with him. Just a thought. I think he listened to our podcast last time. Because <laughs> that's literally what we said. Mm-hmm. Stranger danger. Yeah, don't do weird shit. Yep. 
like just stop would it if you have the thought in your head leave it be a thought so eli's a huge creep emma stay away from him stay away from a few people emma yeah and then he's gonna let emma and eli go scot-free basically but he does have his deputy deputy Dwayne. he's been in a couple of episodes mm-hmm. he's gonna he puts deputy Dwayne on, on uh, emma's tail basically he's just gonna get keep an eye on her and he, he's in the background of a few scenes just like watching emma I was looking out for him this time. Mm-hmm. And then the sheriff is going to put Maggie back on the case. She gets her badge and gun back. <laughs> Hooray. She's she's going to solve this crime. Yep. She's, she's going to examine these bodies. She's, yeah. We've missed her. We, she's like the most competent character on this show. So, yes. Mm-hmm. And if she's not going to be withholding information anymore. Great. Yeah. That's, that's what we need. Her one flaw. Stop withholding information. Yep. So, Zoe and Brooke, they're, they're getting ready for this pageant. The Lady of the Lake pageant. Who gives a shit? But, you know, we got to do this. Brooke does not want to win this competition at all. So she decides to help Zoe win. She's going to give Zoe like a makeover sesh mm-hmm. uh, to make sure Zoe wins this thing. And Brooke doesn't have to keep going with it. She's sick of it. I respect that. Yeah. After what she's been through, like a pageant, she, she doesn't give a shit. The last time she was on a stage. She got carried. She had to get carried off because... <laughs> Because the there's blood. a fucking splattered body in front of her. All, all, I don't Jake's think she guts. ever wants to step up, step foot on a stage again. I wouldn't blame her. The sheriff is going to listen to Stavo's tape. And basically, it's a conversation between Miss Lang and Stavo talking about grave robbing and Ed Gein. All things you want to hear your son talk about when you suspect him of being a serial killer. If you don't know that your son has this weird fascination with serial killers. And, you know, you're a cop. You, you're on duty a lot. You got a lot of stuff going on in your head. You should probably just like, I don't know, just pay more attention to your kid. Rule 24, trust no one. Everybody's a suspect! Even your own son. Even your own son. And he's he's not very trustworthy right now. He's not. Stavo is a weirdo. He's His dad is doing his job. Yeah. Rule number three, it has got to make for some really awkward family dinners. He's doing the right thing, the sheriff. He, he is. Yeah, it's it's a really it's not a position that anybody wants no, to no. be in. But if your kid's a creepy weirdo, and not only that, oh yeah, especially if he's a creepy weirdo, like you have the the right to feel a little bit like nauseous around your kid. But like once they catch the killer, and if it's not if it's not Stavo, like how do you go back to that? Take him out for ice cream and apologize. <laughs> like, sorry, you you put it on yourself. Look, but... we're in the scream series. Everybody's a suspect. <laughs> yeah. So the sheriff's gonna go home and like toss Stavel's room and looking for the uh the mask what is the killer's the name brandon james, brandon james mask. the brandon james yeah. mask and they get he and Stavel. the thing that he shouldn't have anyway in yep. the first place so they get a big argument about it he doesn't find the mask i'm guessing Stavel moved it somewhere unless Stavel's the killer perhaps i mean anything if it hasn't been stated hasn't been said hasn't been revealed anything's everybody's open, a suspect everybody is a suspect Kieran and Emma make up finally. I know we were super invested in that. Yep. <laughs> and Emma's going to be like, yeah, you know, Eli told me about how you got in a fight with your stepdad. And then they left you and they got in a car crash and died. And Kieran gets really mad about this. And it's like, don't hang out with Eli anymore. And don't hang out with Kieran anymore. He seems a little aggressive. A little aggro. It's going to get worse. It is going to get worse. So Audrey, she gets a video of the killer standing over Emma with a knife. Emma, also heavy sleeper potential. Lock your doors and windows, Emma. Everyone needs to lock their doors and windows. Basically, it's threatening her if Audrey confesses to Emma about 
what happened with Piper. This pisses Audrey off, and she is, like, kind of going to decide to tell her. But first, she's going to, like, hey, you want to go to the carnival with me, Emma? We'll go hang out at the carnival, and I will have a grand old time and not worry about anything. Go play, like, some skee-ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be in a in an environment with a lot of people, yep. and if anything happens, they'll be hopefully safe. There's a ton of cops here. So. Yeah, although, yeah. I mean, the killer has shown up in we said the same full thing. costume. We said the same thing about the Halloween dance last season. Yeah. Well, the dance, but, like, even the, the the in the first season when there's, like, they were having that shindig in mm-hmm. the middle of the um, city, mm-hmm. and Emma saw yep. full costume killer... That apparently nobody else nobody did. Nobody else saw. <laughs> so Brooke and Zoe, they're getting ready for the pageant. They got to give a speech in front of the entire town, not on stage. Mm-hmm. And so Zoe gets nervous. and She has a flask full of booze. She takes a little sip and Brooke drinks the rest. <laughs> I, I really enjoy drunk Brooke. That's my favorite part of the episode. Right. And uh, this is what I'll... This is what I'll point out. Nobody in this town cares that teenagers drink no. whatsoever. Whether they're going to bars or when they are literally having a giant flask <laughs> backstage that anybody can see and not hiding it, not putting it anywhere. It's bright pink. Bright pink flask. Brooke doesn't seem much like a flask person. She seems like she'd be more of a shooters type. Yeah, yeah. Like shooters in the purse. Jello shots or something. But like they are trying to take this character in a more mature direction mm-hmm. since her trauma. Which, you know what? I'm fine with that. I mean, Brooke might be the most likable character on the se- on the season, on the show this season. She's getting there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it is it is a nice pivot from the last season yeah, where I felt just like she was anymore. just the mean girl. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it, but she does act drunk in public. But what I will say, and I forget the actress's name, but... Um, I got the sense that when she was acting drunk in public after drinking a full flask that you see the beginning of what, you know, when her appearance, when she first comes on stage, she kind of stumbles a bit and she's giggly and, Mm -hmm. and then she just starts having this speech that is so articulate and is almost like she never drank a flask to begin with. Yeah, I wish she was slurring the speech. She's bit. she's she forgets to act drunk during that speech because she's so caught up in the emotion and she's selling that part of it. But the in my brain, I'm like, girl, that was a whole ass flask, and you are tiny. Like you are like gonna throw up. You're yeah. gonna you're stump. Like you can't even have you lift your head up at that Projectile point. Projectile vomit, please. Like there's no there's just that was an acting choice that you know. We'll get to that scene in yep. a little bit, but it was just a moment where if it we're going to talk about the flask, we're going to talk about the alcohol during this moment that I don't, I feel like it didn't live up to that potential. No, it could have been a lot more drunk and sloppy, which would have been fun. That actress is Carlson Young. Yeah. Stavo comes to like try and talk Brooke out of being in the pageant, but she's like, I'm going to do it. I have my reasons. Go away. Mm-hmm. Eli shows up at the carnival to talk to Emma, and he wants to explain himself for being a stalker kind of thing. And Kieran's watching all this happen, and Emma is like, ah, I don't really want to talk to you right now. Maybe how, later. How do you explain the, your excuse for being yeah, creepy? Why, <laughs> explain your restraining order. Like, I don't know. I just feel like breaking into her house. Not a great explanation. Not great. Like, don't, don't even know. bother. Like, you don't need an explanation for that. Just stop being a menace, Eli. Mm. But she starts walking away, and Eli grabs her arm and, like, grabs her arm. Like, don't, don't you walk away from me kind of thing. Like, I know I need to explain myself. Dude, him and Kieran 
And I guess that they're trying to link these characters as relatives and like sharing the same qualities. But like both of them are so toxic in terms of. Yeah, exactly. It's like, guys, you are not making great cases for yourselves just as a as people. Emma, you need to ditch these two and just go off to like college and find yourself. Like it's clearly not it's in the it's there's something in the water or there's something in the blood. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. Kieran is going to punch Eli and Eli is going to imply that the story he told Emma about Kieran's parents and the car crash, he didn't tell her the whole thing and he left out the worst part. So then Kieran beats the shit out of Eli. Yeah. Dude red flags they should just sell it by themselves perhaps one of them gets killed but you know get them put, both out of here emma yeah. and audrey don't talk to lock these them two. in a room see who see who makes it out do the thunderdome two men enter one men leave yeah just the worst the red flags everywhere we get a great moment where noah and zoe noah's escorting zoe um her date for this pageant and they're gonna go into the photo booth and they're almost gonna get it on in the photo booth <laughs> Dude. Almost so close. I mean, that ideally probably not the best place. That's like a that's like a that's second like, or third time. That's like a crime, you know. If these well, it, yes, yeah, these know, two were adults. Adults. This is a crime. I, you know, for if you're trying to have sex in weird and strange places, it you know a photo booth is because obviously then there's the kink of like the, there's photos being yep. taken too, and then but like that's that's not a first time no moment. That's like a after you know having done it a few times yep. then try new things type of thing like maybe start normal just, just keep it simple keep it keep it simple keep and it then simple get your first time no so or or you know once you once you start getting horny in there bring it somewhere else yeah unfortunately she's got this pageant she's got to do but she give does. your speech go home and get it on yeah cool. great easy mm-hmm. half an hour chill Everyone needs to chill. I do think, though, if they did start, if they really did start, Audrey would fucking knock on the photo booth because she's got more information. She is the biggest cock block in the world. It is unbelievable. I, you know, I ju- nothing against Audrey, but I just want one episode without Audrey so that people can have sex. <laughs> just one. <laughs> we'll come back to this. Yes, I have a we whole, will. I have a whole spiel. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. So Emma tells Audrey about Eli's restraining order, and they're both like, is Eli the killer? Everybody's a suspect. Um, Zoe's going to give her speech. goes great. So Brooke's going to go up next. She's going to give her speech. She's drunk and then gets less drunk. But she gives her speech, and basically she just calls up the whole town like, the fuck's wrong with you? Why are you celebrating? Why are you pretending everything is okay? People are dead and dying, and this has been going on for years. You're just like pretending everything is okay? Go fuck yourselves. Yeah. Drink to that. Drink to that. Yeah, that's fair. Absolutely fair. And there, that's that's where we get the village of the damned. Village of the damned. Yep. So Maggie, she identifies the body, one of the bodies. She doesn't know the, she doesn't identify Eddie yet, but she identifies Seth Branson's body, and gives her report to the sheriff, who we can confirm is dead. Yes, Seth De- Branson is Seth, dead, dead, Seth, dead. Seth Branson is deceased. Off the like, show, not going to be revived. This yes. isn't Fast and Furious. Oh my God, he's not going to magically. They're not going to say that, oh, his body got swapped out with another person's or whatever. Jason Statham helped him fake his death. <laughs> he is dead. We're not going to bring up Seth Branson anymore on this podcast. Hopefully. Hopefully this I is the last episode. I swear to God if we have to bring up <laughs> Seth Branson. I don't podcast. remember if we need to bring him up again. But what the sheriff notices is Branson is wearing a handcuff on one wrist because he was handcuffed to the bed two episodes ago. And then he has a drawing that Stavo made of Mr. Branson handcuffed to a bed 
Uh oh. Kinky. <laughs> I, I, you know, I wouldn't have even thought if I saw that one picture. I, my, my brain would not have thought that that was Seth. Mm-hmm. As a concerned parent, I'd been like, maybe, maybe we need to wait until my son is ready to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> so Brooke's friends are all helping her get over being drunk and comforting her, and the mayor walks in, kind of mad, but then he's like, "Oh no, Brooke, it's okay. We'll just go home." It's actually kind of a nice moment. No, it's good. That's what he should do. Yeah. He's just like, let's go home, Brooke. It'll be okay. It's like, oh, that's kind of nice. Emma is going to get a uh, text from Kieran telling her to meet at the Ferris wheel. So she's going to go over to the Ferris wheel and gets a call from Kieran. Oh, no, it's the killer. And he's got Kieran's phone. Does he have the phone? And a video of Kieran tied up in the funhouse. Okay. You know what this fucking video reminded me of? What? spoilers for mission impossible the first movie okay okay <laughs> the very beginning where you see john voight on his phone get shot mm-hmm. and it is very clearly when you're watching it for the first time you're like it looks like he's shooting himself why does it look weird and then the grand reveal of that movie is that john voight was alive and he faked well yeah that was the worst shot video of someone dying very clearly shot himself the video of Kieran being tied up is shot at an angle where it looks like he's it's at an arm's length okay it looks really bad okay <laughs> like you don't see anything above his chest and we'll we'll continue to like go down this hole here while we while we run down the plot but it's just I knew as soon as I saw that video I'm like oh it looks shitty because it is <laughs> like <laughs> so There's cops everywhere. Big carnival. Emma can go get backup. Rule number 12 is wait for backup. Get a bunch of cops. Go check out the funhouse. Rescue Kieran together. No, she's just going to run straight into the funhouse without telling anybody where she's going and what she's doing. (laughs) And poor Dwayne. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to Dwayne in a second. But this is another rule violation of um, rule 51. Tell people where you're going. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, not the first time. No, because we just did this like like an episode ago. (laughs) Just did this. Back into the funhouse. The worst episode we did this. So she runs in the funhouse. Yep. Audrey gets a video of Emma running into the funhouse, which is just hilarious. Yep. And then we don't really see Audrey again until the very end of the episode. She has no involvement in this sequence. So did she tell the cops? Like, who who tells the cops what's going on? Because the cops are all going to show up. Did Dwayne do it? Because we don't see it. Or did Audrey do it? Because we don't see it. Who called the co- who called the sheriff and told him what was going on? I don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We weren't told this. That's important. That's key. Whatever. So Deputy Dwayne, this poor poor fucker, because he is going to go into the funhouse doing his job. He didn't wait for backup. There were cops everywhere. Dwayne, you see the your the person you're supposed to follow, calling some backup, going after her. Can you know? I say the rule? Do your job, but do not. Die in the process. That's rule number three, baby. Yeah, Deputy Dwayne is going to go in. And die. And immediately. Die. Very quickly. He's gonna Very get, quickly. Get to the House of Mirrors. He's going to get attacked by the killer and thrown through a mirror. Yep. And bleed to death from that. the wounds from that. Yeah, and that's where you get the shot of the Brandon James yep. mask in the shards of glass when, Eva, when Emma discovers the body. You know, he, he was immediately concerned about Emma. Yep. And... Doing his job. He was doing his job. He didn't wait for backup, but like in a moment like that, maybe he didn't think that he had a chance to wait. Sure. We didn't see him calling backup, though. If we had seen that, I'd feel a little bit better. Like, sh- Sheriff, she, she just went into the funhouse. 
she's running in there. It was she's rushing. Something might be going on. Everyone get to the fun house. I think something's happening. Yeah. No. It's that's hmm. rule number three. Do your damn job, but don't die in the process. Rule twelve. Wait for backup. Goodbye, Deputy Dwayne. Yeah. And they well, the cops do eventually show up in force, rega- regardless. Yeah. But but obviously too late. Emma's gonna find Deputy Dwayne because she's been wandering around the fun house for a while. Nothing happens really, but she finds Dwayne's body. Takes his gun. Cool. Rule five. Lock and load. Mm-hmm. She takes a shot, rule 22, take the shot at the killer. It's a funhouse mirror, because of course it is. <laughs> yeah, adjust your vision as best as you can when you're in a funhouse yeah. with a killer, because if there's any glare anywhere, you can pretty much be sure that that's a mirror. Yeah. But, it's hard you know, to tell. It's hard to tell, and she has more than one use shot. Use your hands. I'd say use your hands. Yeah. Um, Feel around. Don't be in a funhouse, ideally. Oh, yeah, for sure. Don't just... We know, know that from it... We know that from this. We Child's know. Play 3. Yeah. Like, anytime you're in a fun house... Hellfest. You're guaranteed to go into the fucking Hall of Mirrors yep. and see the killer in every single mirror, aim for the killer, and it's not going to be the right mirror. Yeah, I guess... Okay, so let's talk about this. Hall of Mirrors rules of thumb. Don't be in them. First if you of all, see one... Go the other back, direction. Back out and go to the other direction, for sure. If, due to some stupid bullshit outside of your control or because you're dumb, you end up in a Hall of Mirrors... I would recommend, unless you have like a shit ton of bullets, uh, then it's fine. But odds are, if you have a shit ton of bullets and you start shooting wildly, you're going to take out one of your friends or something. That'll probably happen. Otherwise, point blank is probably the way to go. Just to make sure you actually land the shot. Mm-hmm. So, but don't or be in make sure mirrors. you have one bullet for every mirror in that <laughs> <laughs> one for every mirror. Shoot, what is uh? It's kind of like Scream Three, where mm-hmm. Dewey shoots all the mirrors. Yep. Shoot all the mirrors if you have enough bullets. Mm-hmm. But don't go into halls of mirrors. That's a, yeah, just a good rule of thumb for horror movies. I know it's fun, filmmakers. Yep. <laughs> but it, it's fun for it's the cliche. It it's a cliche. It's absolutely a cliche. Uh, get a little more inventive. Do do other parts of the fun house. There are so many different versions of fun houses that yeah. have never been shown on film. Absolutely. I like, like the... Freaky had a fun one. It was like a mini golf. I like the one where you, um, when you're in the dark room and you have like a bridge and the, underneath the bridge, it's like smoke and green light. Mm-hmm. And you're like, God, if I walk on this, am I going to fall through it? Yeah. Do more than the Hall of Mirrors. The, the guest. Yeah. Oh, the guest is... And that's in a gym. Mm-hmm. It's a, a student-made funhouse. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So all the cops arrive, the sheriffs arrive, they pull up at the funhouse, guns drawn. The killer exits the front door. Oh my god, is this it? Is this the end? We're only on episode eight. There's like five episodes left. <laughs> what? I'm not going to say that they aren't wrong. Okay. But <laughs> they weren't They weren't wrong, at least, in, in assumption. But yeah, so then... The, the killer, the killer gets on their over, knees. Ben gets on their knees. They realize that the the knife is duct taped to yep. his hand. Uh, Emma comes out with the gun, and you know she's about to shoot the killer. But and they... if she did, she'd probably end the whole season. Just gonna say it. <laughs> the sheriff does talk her into putting the gun down. Yep. And they, they arrest Emma. They put her in. Cuffs, I know. Which is it's a, a small thing that I like. Yeah, it's like not to make a pun, but she shot herself in the foot by entering a crowd of cops with a gun. <laughs> To be fair, I don't think she knew the cops were outside when she when she exited. No, but when she when she saw them, she should have not put the gun down because she was still aiming for quite a bit. It's a good thing she's a white woman, young (laughs) white woman. Oh, yeah, we are gonna go there. I went there. If she wasn't who she was, although he could be dead. Although somehow in Lakewood, these these cops aren't all bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, actually above average cops. Above average, they they do their jobs. Mm -hmm. 
and they do a pretty good job. But they disarm Emma, and they get the duct tape knife off of the killer's hand, mm-hmm. which is Who weird. Who seems to surrender pretty quick. This and is easy. Yeah. They take the mask off him. It's Kieran with his mouth duct taped shut. So he can't be the killer. He can't be the so killer. So he can't be the killer. That's what he, the he truly show cannot be, be the killer. Implying. We will see if this affects uh, Killer Watch. Yeah, we will see. We will see. I, I, I feel like you have things to say. I have like an extra point or two to make. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, we're, the episode's pretty much done. That was the big climax. Kieran reveals to Emma, the truth is, he was in the car with his stepdad and his mom, got into the argument with his stepdad in the car, which then led to the crash, which killed his mom and stepdad. So that which was is, the big twist. Yeah, but, like, is that really new information? I kind of just assumed that. <laughs> like, I don't remember. I kind of figured that that was the case, because that's how they were talking around it. Yeah. And then when they reveal it, you're like... I feel like there's more to that. I think that's it. Noah and Zoe go back to his room to bang, finally. <laughs> Noah gets a phone call. Yep. And he's going to ignore it. Dude, just put it on silent real quick. Just No, he's going to ignore but it. But she sees who it is. Well, she's like, just just answer it. It's fine. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll, 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 I, put that away. And we see Audrey's face on there for just a quick second. So I was like, uh, I'm going to go. Don't yep. worry. We'll do this for real one of these days. Yep. I'm not mad or anything. Audrey always calling at the right moment, entering at the wrong mo- at the right or wrong moment, I guess. Okay. So there are two things that drive me absolutely insane in any movie or TV show. Or no, three things. Okay. Only three. Three things that drive me absolutely bonkers when I'm watching movies and TV. And it is it it, it is an almost in, in almost everything. One less than the other, which we'll talk about. But like one is people driving. And not looking at the road. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Big one. Two is parents make kid plate of food. Kid doesn't eat the plate of food. Mm-hmm. Any or, or anybody has a plate and food in front of them and they just ignore the food. And then they leave the room. Kid and parent get in a big argument at the dinner table and then he just throws the food or something. Like, that is such a waste. It drives me nuts. Someone made that for you. <laughs> Someone bought that for you. Like, if I were a parent, I would be so furious. And the third thing is when people, two people are horny, they want to have sex, they're ready to have sex, they go to have sex, and something stops them right before it's supposed to happen. And then they say, we'll just do this another time. It's fine if it happens once. Happens a lot. It's happened so often. (sighs) To Noah. (laughs) It's like, oh, you... Because to be fair, like in reality... Because that, that, I feel like that's really mostly a show and movie thing. Mm-hmm. In reality, I think a lot of people would just ignore that and yep. just like commit. Well, in reality, people put their and, phones on and silent. I'm not, and, and, yeah, and I'm, oh, yeah, that's another thing is that in every movie and TV show, especially one that's sponsored by Apple when everybody's got an iPhone, because you need to hear that dun 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 dun, dun ring. <laughs> it's that like, okay, here's what I'll say. No one should ever be pressured into sex. Sure. Yes, correct. No one, if, if there's a situation where two people are having sex and one person is uncomfortable, you should absolutely stop and it, that should be the way it goes. When two people are having sex or wanting to have sex and they're in, ready to go and they're enjoying it and like that's it, it will happen. Like 99% of the time it's going to happen. Someone's going to have to get like seriously hurt to stop that. Except in movies and TV. Except in movies and TV show. Because there is always this unseen force Always. That is going to stop them because the movie cannot let these characters have sex or the TV show yep. cannot let these characters have sex in this moment because they can't, the, the plot has to yep. 
force them to not do it. They can't do it, so the show won't let them. Something else has to happen. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. This this scene is so unrealistic. And you feel frustrated because you see it in the characters. And like, yeah, you feel very connected to, at this point, characters that have went through similar angsty, horny emotions Mm -hmm. that anybody else has had. And to see them just suffer through it. Yeah, we all go through our super bad phase. And that's kind of what Noah's going through right now. At this point, Noah should just ghost Audrey completely. Block her number. Block her number. Turn his phone off for the night. She is interrupting every single chance he has to be his own person. Like, not even just to have sex. Really just to be his own person. Really, yep. Because he's so committed to their friendship that he keeps letting it slide. It's a little toxic. But at this point, it's like... There is this one chance that he has outside of all of this killer shit to be sane. Yep. And he's made a lot of mistakes this season. He made a shit ton of mistakes yep. this season that we cannot, like, forgive him for. Yeah. But, like, he has these pockets of moments where, like, okay, here's your chance. Have fun. Have a life before you maybe die, yep. you know? But no, Audrey keeps taking <laughs> it away from him. <laughs> she keeps doing it. And what is he getting out of it? But yeah, so Zoe ends up leaving Noah... And Noah is sad. Sad boy Noah. We'll, we'll come back to him in just one second. Uh, Real, uh, and this is beyond, his balls are beyond blue. They're beyond purple at this yeah. point. They're basically bleeding. Oh, wow. Veins popping out. Oh, my God. This hurts so much. Blood dropping. Oh, like, God. I'm glad this uh, this podcast is uh, uh, <laughs> not safe for work. Mm-hmm. That was a brutal description. They're, they're the size of soccer balls. We get a quick scene of someone creeping into Brooke's bedroom, and it's Stavo. But she invited him, so it's fine. She's getting over a man. Yeah. She, with a man who apparently is creepy but gives good foot rubs. Hey, you know, that's important. But then they just lay in bed yeah, together. They just, don't do anything. They just cuddle a little bit. They didn't even cuddle. They, she just was, slept next to him. It was like emotional cuddling. It was her feeling safe. Yes. Even though she has no, like, basis to say that he's not a killer. None. So Audrey is going to go over to Emma and tell her the truth finally. And she texts Noah like, hey, I'm going to do this. And he's like, hey, good luck. Mm-hmm. So she goes upstairs to Emma's room. Emma is listening to the audio of Audrey's confession that uh, Noah recorded, that we downloaded. Mm-hmm. We don't know how she got it, but she's listening to it. And Audrey's like, oh, I can explain. Cut to black. And, and it will be explained in fucking five minutes yeah. in the next episode or whatever. Uh, and then we'll be know. mad for half the episode, then we'll, we'll be done. Uh, finally. Just get it done with. That's the episode. That's Village of the Damned. Let's get into Killer Watch with Jacob Colness. Okay, so... Um, Kieran was who you had last time and yeah, for a few episodes now. So I... There's a moment... There's a few moments where I'm like, okay, I know it's Kieran. Like, that's... That's that. Like, I know it's Kieran. I thought maybe there's potential for a second killer... That would be assisting Kieran. Okay. Especially if in that funhouse scene, you were to see the killer and Kieran at the same time, but you do not. Correct. In the video footage of Kieran being, bond, you know, uh, his face all duct tape and sent to Emma or whatever, I was like, okay, well, if they have, if they do the Joker thing in Dark Knight where it's like you got, he's taping the guy and then it turns around and then shows his face. That's a way to divert people away from Kieran by saying, well, you know, there's at least another killer in the room that's not Kieran. But never, there's not a frame. There's not. Not even a single millisecond of killer and Kieran in the same room at the same time. Correct. It is just Kieran or it is Kieran in the in the outfit. 
pretending or not pretending to be in you know captured okay it's just it it never it never diverts now there are the scenes of footage of emma going into places that you're like he's either sending these pretty quick and getting back into the fun house or he placed cameras around potentially or he's just doing all this shit on his phone thing is is that this show has had such poor technological logic Mm, i kind of don't care about all of those things because that would be be putting too much thought into it true now if there was an assistance i mean could it be eli could it be that he got his cousin you know he knew his cousin was coming down they both are very psycho in a sense they have their own weird tendencies their own like toxic creepy, red flag toxic behavior yeah where it's like okay well they're both seducing emma but they're actually both in on it or something and then there's your billy and stew even though they're cousins yeah but like see they've already they're comp- the show right now narratively is completely trying to convince you it's not karen but in we're in the episode now where we're trying they're trying to convince you that it's eli mm-hmm even though, as I pointed out, Eli did not make it to town till the beginning prior of the to the prior to the last season's murder, so it's like still okay. But like, if he was assisting his cousin, sure. And then Emma's just like, "Wow, how did I not see this in front of my face the whole time? I spent so much time with both of these guys, almost exclusively." But I, you know, I'm not going to put too much thought into it with all of that. Just stay stuff. with Kieran just for now. Stick with Kieran as, and. I, I swear there is something maybe it's just because maybe it's because I caught on to it early or ca- am catching on to it early but there is like a weird performance shift too I feel like whoever plays Karen Amadeus Serafini that he was not told he was the killer until season two mm. so his performance feels different than season one because he's now hiding that agenda okay as, as an actor and as a character. So the first season, he's so honest about his situation. And in the second season, you're like, yeah, but then why are you acting so weird in this moment? Or why are you being so ticky and like that? And it's, it's boiling different. Okay. There's something about the way that he's, the way that he is around other characters that just feels like there's a vibe shift. And maybe it is just me and that I'm just putting a lot of thought into it. But like, just thinking about it while I'm watching the episode I just I see I'm 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 dead examining everything any any scene that he's in anything that he's doing like I'm thinking about like where is he in a situation where you know where is he where's the killer where you know because you always got to think about when you're watching a scream yep. and usually there's multiple scream ghost face so they can get around this issue but like where is this character and where is the killer so that we know that they are not the exact same person at the exact same time you ready to get into some awards? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, first, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who does the best job at following the rules. Of course, based off Randy Meeks from Scream, I think this one's easy. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. And it sucks because I'm so sick of giving it to the same person. Uh, it's the sheriff. Again. Yeah. Again, again. It's because every other person in this show is so dumb or yes. does such dumb shit. And they're so committed to making sure that the cop is the one constant because he is doing he is doing he has the most responsible job in the entire show so he has to be responsible and if he's not responsible then his character should have been dead by now 
Truth. But yeah, it's it's easy. You know, he 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 does his he's, job. Like all even, he's doing is his job, and he's not dying in the process. He's investigating his son, even, and then he shows up with an army of cops mm-hmm. to take down the killer, even arrest Emma, uh, which is great. Like I'm just waiting for him to do something bad so that I don't have to give him the win because <laughs> it's getting predictable at this point. So that is the third win for actor Anthony uh, Third Rui Vivar and Sheriff Miguel Acosta. Yes. Oh, you know what? I'm. It's because the sheriff in the first season had a ton. Has, had, a, had a ton. So now. This sheriff is 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 taking all those wins himself for himself. They're tied now. They both have three. Both sheriffs. Yeah, three still seems like not not as many as I thought. Yeah, it feels like a lot. Yeah, it does. Maybe we've just brought him up enough and not given him the win, but now we're giving him the win. Yeah, he got an honorable mention once or twice too. It's kind of like when there's an actor that you really like or actress you really like. And you're like, God, they, no one ever recognizes this person that goes under-rewarded. Like, they're, they're such great performers, no one notices them. And then they have one role that they get nominated for. And then they just get nominated every year. And you're like, all right, now I'm like, now it's getting <laughs> lazy. <laughs> they should have been nominated for other performances <laughs> yes. at this point. <laughs> yes. Not The Revenant. All right. Night of the Living Pleb. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Which goes to the character who did the worst of Fall on the Rules based on Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. Jacob, who are you thinking for Night of the Living Pleb? God. <laughs> just like it's like a it's like a game of guess who. Yep. Where you have all the heads and you're just like, well, maybe not you, click. Maybe not you, click, click. And I'm like, God, there's just so many people though. Emma, brown hair, Audrey, glasses, Deputy Dwayne. I'm leaning towards Emma because I think she's the worst of all worlds tonight. Tonight, because she had so much to do. Yep. She had the most to do out of everybody. So people, Audrey and Emma both didn't lock the doors because the killer can just get into the rooms whenever. Yep. Emma and Deputy Dwayne both went into the funhouse without backup very stupidly. Emma did both of those now, things. Now, I would almost argue if we could spice it up to just give it to Officer Dwayne, Deputy Dwayne. But but it's not fair. I think we can give him a dishonorable mention. Yeah, dishonorable died. mention is fine. Because he did he did break a rule. He had his one moment. Yes. I think Emma is worse than Deputy Dwayne, and the only reason Emma's alive is his plot armor. She's the main character. They discussed this in Scream Logic. Yep. If you're the main character, you're gonna make it to the end. So I it's Emma. She's the worst of all worlds tonight. Yeah. Oh, and then not necessarily a winner loser individual. But we also probably should just give like a, a second, a third award MVP as like a character. Okay. For just Brooke. Oh. For, for just saying saying what needed to be said. You know what? Uh, you know, special commendation to Brooke tonight yeah. for uh, being the honest one in the bunch. Yeah. For telling the truth and how it is and doing an, the a literal mic drop. Yeah. She gets what, I forget exactly what it is called. I think at the, at the Oscars, it's the uh, Gene Hertzfeld Humanitarian Award. It's for it's the honorary Oscar for people that have done good good for like the yep. world yeah. or good <laughs> yeah, good good good, good for like social reasons or yes. whatever. That is Brooke. Brooke gets that honorary Oscar. Hell yes, great. Um, and meanwhile Emma's on her sixth golden raspberry. Yeah. Oof. Uh, great job. No new rules because obviously wheel wheel wheel. So um, I so originally the plan for this week was going to be Psycho two. That was what was spun. So Nick Gimont is my would, would have been my guest for that. He is in a soccer league that is very active at this moment. So as soon as he's get that frees up a little bit, he will come on whenever his schedule allows him to, and we'll do Psycho too. Mm. 
It Chapter 2 mm. was also spun, and Jordan Snyder will be on that one. He's got to come visit me. He's a few hours away, so whenever he does come and visit, we'll do that one. So that still leaves six other options that can be spun. Okay. And if one of those other two can be done, we'll do that instead. But here's what's on the wheel tonight. The Rage, Carry 2, Scream 6, Fear of Clowns 2, Child's Play 2019, Scream Season 2, Episode 9, which is titled The Orphanage, which is a movie I have not oh, seen. Also, it's just a terrific movie. And Chef's Choice. Uh, Jacob, spin the wheel. Oh, God damn it. It's Fear of Clowns 2. <laughs> Um, okay, so Fear of the Clowns The real two, fear you know, is having to watch Fear of Clowns It's better two. than Fear of Clowns 1 in every way. It's like actually... I like how I spun Fear of Clowns 1, and now I spun Fear of Clowns 2. Thank you two, so much. I'm not trying. So the plan is, uh, so that, that's Jake Johnson, New Girls Jake Johnson. Uh, he is going to come up and visit for that one. He's going to travel for that one, so we will try and do that. Sorry, was, another travel episode. Well, next week it's Memorial Day, right? Yep. I'm not doing one that weekend, so maybe the the weekend after that. So uh, we will do, uh, hopefully, Fear of Clowns 2 shortly. So i got to make sure Jake can travel for that one. If not, who knows? Bear with me. People have like other stuff to do with their lives. They can't always be on my podcast for some reason. Yeah, you just need more friends and more selections. Yeah. Um, but Fear of Clowns 2, god damn it. <laughs> and it, you're getting it over with yeah and then you know it'll go on after that Children of the Corn 11 it's out now and then you'll get over with that yeah so I texted Derek Children of the Corn 11 is out on Blu-ray exclamation mark and he's like I'm pretty sure that's a brand new sentence yep <laughs> okay Jacob you want to plug anything um, Twitter letterboxed at Jacob Colness J-A-K-O-B-K-O-L-N-E-S-S alright you can follow us on Twitter at how to horror that's how the number two horror anything else I'm, I'm ready to go yeah you gotta go take care of your dog mm-hmm. alright oh uh, thank you for coming on at short notice. Yep, no problem. Appreciate it. All right, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there.